In December of 2020, a remarkable thing happened in Brainerd, Minnesota at one of the Dairy Queen drive throughs A man pulled up through the drive through and was planning to pay for his meal, and when he spoke to the cashier, he told her that he would like to pay for the meal of the person behind him. And so he did. And when he was finished doing so, and the next car pulled forward, uh, the cashier told that individual that the car in front of them had already paid for their meal, and that person decided to pay for the meal of the person behind them. During a time when so many folks were struggling with the pandemic and incomes were tight, this fellow decided to do a good deed, not realizing how that one act of kindness would turn out. According to the store manager, Tina Jensen, this is something that typically happens from time to time, and it generally lasts maybe for 15 to 20 cars, and then it fizzles out. But this time, it went on for two and a half days. Jensen would tell each person when they drove up to the window what the person in front of them had done for them, and they would be so amazed by it that they would in turn provide that same kindness to the person behind them. It sparked a generosity that involved over 900 cars in a row before it finally stopped. Now, we often hear such acts of kindness referred to as paying it forward. This is when someone does something unexpected for someone else, and it touches him or her to do the same type of thing for another. One of the people who was involved in this chain's name was Heidi Bruce, and she said this, During times like these, it kind of restores your faith in humanity a little. The way the world is now, you see a lot of anger, tension, and selfish behavior. What we witnessed was pure kindness. And it was a breath of fresh air, really. It's amazing to see the impact of paying it forward can have on people who don't even know each other, isn't it? Well, as we continue our sermon series entitled The Road Less Traveled, we come to a very familiar passage of Scripture in which Jesus teaches us to pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. And our passage today reminds us that Jesus also calls us to pay it forward as we seek to follow him. You see, he gives us instructions on how we're to pray, prefacing that we're not to pray merely for show or using big words as if that will somehow impress God. Instead, Jesus encourages us to pray saying, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus wants us to be sincere in our prayers It's not that we can't pray in public or with others. We just don't do it to get praise from others. For prayer is communication between God and us, and it isn't to be done for show. Jesus wants us to pray with sincerity of heart, and therefore he instructs his disciples to pray in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is In heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a sincere prayer that seeks the kingdom of God life. It sets us apart as children of God, as adopted sons and daughters of God. And it desires to make God's name holy in our lives, to welcome God's kingdom in heaven to earth, 
to ask for our basic needs to be met, to receive God's grace and freely be givers of it, and for God to guide us in the way of righteousness. This prayer is not wordy or intended to manipulate God for our gain. Rather, it sets everything at the center that we are totally reliant on God for everything and that we have access and the privilege of seeking God's will in our lives and for the world. It's a humbling prayer because it reminds us that without God, we can do nothing. And without God's grace, we cannot stand. And yet this prayer is not just to be uttered from our lips, it's meant to be embodied and lived. We are called to live the kingdom of God life and to pay it forward as God has for us. Maybe you're wondering, what is Jeff talking about this paying it forward? Well, let's take a look at what we actually pray for in this prayer. We say this, And forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Forgiveness is something we pray for when we pray this prayer to God. I mean, who doesn't want to be forgiven, right? And we all recognize that we are sinners in the sight of God, and without God's forgiveness, we'd be left in our sin and totally separated from God. So the good news of the gospel is summed up in this prayer, that God forgives us. Those who seek God's forgiveness, those who repent of their wrongdoing, find God's unwavering grace For Jesus often speaks of sin as debt. Now, debt's an easy thing for us to understand in this world. We can have a considerable amount of it, but we are expected and required to pay it off. It doesn't matter if it's a credit card bill or if it's a car loan or even a mortgage payment. It's not ours officially until we pay off the debt owed to the lender. But sin doesn't work quite the same way. Debts can be paid but we cannot pay for our sin. Rather, we know that Jesus has come to atone for our sin through his life-giving sacrifice. Our sin, our debts are canceled and forgiven because of his love and grace extended to all who trust in him. This is amazing grace, that we are forgiven by the one that we have offended. We are set free from our debts, not because of what we've done, but because of what Christ has done for us. This is his great mercy and love extended to even the worst of sinners. Now, most of us are familiar with this good news, but it doesn't end there. If we're going to follow Jesus as he calls us, we must embody the kingdom life, which requires us to offer forgiveness too. The Lord's Prayer leads us not only to receive God's forgiveness, but it sets Uh, in the context of what we do to others. In other words, we pray, God, forgive me as I have forgiven those who sinned against me. So if we've forgiven those who have sinned against us, there's good news for us. We are forgiven. Yet if we are harboring anger and bitterness and choosing not to forgive someone, we are essentially asking God to treat us in the same manner, the same measure, which truly is not good news. You see, we're called to pay it forward. We have received God's grace and forgiveness, and we are called to extend it just as we have received it. Paul tells us this in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, saying, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, 
Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Of course, forgiveness is easier said than done. You see, I recognize that many of us have deep wounds caused by others that have hurt us in various ways. There are some who harbor anger over, over failing or failed marriages due to infidelity or abuse or constant conflict. Some of us have family members who have manipulated us, used us, taken from us, and possibly even guilted us into enabling unhealthy behaviors. Some of us have felt the pain of business transactions gone wrong, work provided without payment, embezzlement from partners, or even being fired or let go from our positions of employment. There are also extreme cases where poor judgment leads to life-changing decisions that either alters someone's life or sometimes even tragically ends in death. You see, we live in a world where our first thought is to get back at someone who's taken advantage of us. Our hurt can easily lead to anger that lashes out in vengeance, hoping to right what was wronged. We would rather invert the golden rule, do to others as they have done unto you. But Jesus confronts us in our anger and calls us to a radical response called forgiveness. For he knows that harbored anger and bitterness leads to hatred, which ultimately imprisons us. If we refuse to forgive, we inherently torture ourselves, letting the anger and bitterness weigh down our hearts, causing us to lash out in unhealthy ways. Said Jesus calls us to acknowledge the freedom that we have experienced through his forgiveness and to extend the same mercy that you and I have received. You see, forgiveness is powerful. It not only changes us and frees us from our own suffering, but it can also transform the one who's inflicted injury. Early one morning in Decula, Georgia, Matt Swatzel was driving home from a 24-hour shift as a firefighter and EMS worker and had only had 30 minutes of sleep that night. He was less than four miles from his home on October the 2nd of 2006 when he suddenly heard what he calls the most god-awful sound I've ever heard. Swatzel, then 20, realized that he had fallen asleep at the wheel and crashed his car. When he got out of the car, he saw the car of a 30-year-old named June Fitzgerald. She was pregnant with her then 19-month-old daughter, Faith. Faith survived the crash, but her mother and unborn sibling passed away. June's husband, Eric Fitzgerald, a full-time pastor, grieved the loss of his wife and child with close family and friends, including young people from his student ministry. One young girl told him she couldn't help but think of how the driver of the car was feeling. He told her that she was right and that they should all pray for him. It was his opportunity to practice forgiveness, this forgiveness that he had preached so many times before. He says, you forgive as you've been forgiven. It wasn't an option. If you've been forgiven, then you need to extend that forgiveness. And so to start, Fitzgerald extended his forgiveness to Swatzel's sentencing 
As a county officer, he was facing a felony and harsh time. But Fitzgerald pleaded for a lesser sentence. He said, I didn't see why this accident and tragedy needed to ruin any more lives. Because of this, Swatzel paid a fine and ended up doing some community service. Now, Swatzel expected to receive hate from Fitzgerald, but not so much love. He wanted to thank him for all that he had done for him, but legally he couldn't speak to him during the two-year criminal investigation. So following the trial, Fitzgerald reached out to Swatzel and began meeting with him. His forgiveness has created a friendship that has lasted now for 10 years strong. So these men stay connected by meeting at least once every two weeks, attending church together and eating meals at the Waffle House and other restaurants, just the two of them. Fitzgerald explains, We recognized that when we first started meeting, it was unusual. We knew it was God. This has, just, this has been just as much healing for me as it has been for him. I've taught on forgiveness, and I know that forgiveness is not so much for the other person, but for yourself. I don't know about you, but it would have been easy for Eric Fitzgerald to harbor anger and bitterness toward Matt Swatzel for the remainder of his life. But he chose the road less traveled, the road of forgiveness. In doing so, it has brought healing in his own life and it has transformed Matt Swatzel's life in what is often a very guilt-ridden and hard way to live each day. One simple accident changed everyone's life in just mere seconds. Yet forgiveness has brought these two men together and has helped strengthen their own faith by living out the kingdom life. You see, Eric Fitzgerald understood his calling by Christ to forgive as he had been forgiven. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I am sure that it was not easy for him to do, but by the grace of God, he was able to live into the prayer that Jesus teaches us to pray. He has truly paid it forward. But how about you? Have you paid it forward when it comes to forgiveness? I can't imagine being the person who stopped the 900-plus Dairy Queen drive through blessing by having their meal paid but not paying it forward. Yet there are many. There are many who choose not to extend the same kindness and mercy and generosity that others have given to them. In fact, it can be quite easy for us to do the very same thing when it comes to God's forgiveness in our lives. But honestly, this would be quite a hypocritical thing to do wouldn't it? And so Jesus desires for us to be sincere, to pray for the kingdom of God life and to embody it as he has shown us. You see, he doesn't ask us to do something that he's not already done. Instead, he commands us to follow him, to walk down the road less traveled. Theologian C.S. Lewis says it this way, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. Jesus calls us to pay it forward, to forgive as we have been forgiven. But he also warns us that if we refuse to do so, that we shouldn't expect anything less than our own measure of mercy. So friends, May we together sincerely pray the Lord's Prayer, desiring the kingdom life 
and with God's help and God's grace, living it as we bear witness to the good news of God's forgiveness in our own life, even as we extend it to those who have wronged us. May we be intentional about paying it forward, both this day and forevermore, no matter how hard it might be. May we also walk the road less traveled that leads to forgiveness. May it be so today and every day as we seek to follow Jesus together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.